Thanks so much. Wow, thanks, Jen. Thanks, Chris. So good to see you all this morning, upstairs and down. And uh, so, so here we are. Um, this is... Uh, just had my own welcome, and I can't wait to have a cup of tea and coffee with you later on, just to underline that point. Um, so, so this is uh, Vision Sunday, and uh, I'm so excited about this. We love Vision Sunday as elders, as a church, and we do this kind of once a year. And uh, I've got to say, though, I, was slightly, I felt slightly kind of anxious leading up to it, because uh, I follow other churches on social media. I know you shouldn't follow social media, because it just makes you anxious, right? But, and to my horror... I noticed some of the best churches that I respect the most did their Vision Sunday on the first Sunday in January. I thought, man, how far ahead of the game are they that they're, they're even in the zone on the first week of January? But then I noticed pretty much all churches who were doing this kind of thing, second week of January, a lot of those, third week, the, the late arrivals, and I'm like, man, we chose the 5th of February. <laughs> Welcome to February, everyone. We're, so, hey, just want to apologize. If you felt visionless in your life... <laughs> For the, last, uh, for the last month, not knowing quite what to do with your time or energy. Hey, the good news is we are here at last. And uh, there's a very good reason, actually, we're doing it this Sunday. And that is this, that, uh, as Chris mentioned, we, we, we love leadership in team. And we actually didn't want to do this if all of us couldn't do it together as, as elders. So uh, this is the first Sunday we could manage that all together because that's such a high value for us to articulate and lead in team together. So both Chris and Luke will be uh, speaking as part of this message today. Um, So Kings started 21 years ago this month. We have finally come of age. Isn't that amazing? We're all grown up. And uh, it's wonderful what God has done. We started with uh, a group of about a dozen people in a house led by the wonderful Matthew and Anne Clifton Brown. And, uh, you know, we were just people who were happy in God. We loved Jesus. We loved the Holy Spirit. And we loved trying to learn to do what Jesus said in community and to serve one another and to serve the world. Not a whole lot's changed in 21 years, to be honest. We're just a bigger group. And it's wonderful that many hundreds over those 21 years have come through this church and been part of that family over that time. And many here in this room are part of that family. Welcome if you're not a part of it yet. And God has been doing a wonderful thing. And many people have learned what it is to follow Jesus here, to to know him for the first time. Many people have got baptized here. Many have learnt the joy and the cost of loving and following and serving Jesus. Many of us have gone through the highs and lows of life together over those 21 years, rejoicing together and grieving together, because family is amazing, and Kings is an amazing family. And over that time, we've grown older and younger, we've become a much more multi-generational family, And over that time, we planted a church in West Lothian a few years ago, and we sent out others to help plant churches across Europe. And just very recently, our family of two churches here in Scotland, us in Kings West Lothian, we became a family of three as another church in the borders who we've had a friendship with for years, decided to become a part of our little hub of churches, which is part of a much bigger group called New Ground uh, right across the world. So God is growing us up, and he's growing us out. Now, to, to me, that feels like a blink of an eye, and all of that has happened. But tell you, slightly conversely to that, I can't believe it was only a year ago that we were sitting here in face masks talking about Omicron. 
Can you remember that? That feels like a like hundred years ago somehow. But that's what we were doing a, a year ago. We were thinking, oh, is there going to be another wave and all of that? I'm so glad that that's behind us. The, the Bible says many, many times, says, and God brought it to pass. And isn't it wonderful that God brings things to pass? He keeps moving us on into new seasons of life. And God, at that time last year when we articulated vision, we, we talked about this thing that God's called us to be a family on a mission who are filled with the Holy Spirit. That was the three points. And God has been bringing that to pass very excitingly over that time. And that's still very much our vision. That's still very much what we're believing him for. More and more and more going deeper and further and wider and longer and all those things. But we felt uh, God was leading us as elders into this new year and into this new season where uh, we were particularly drawn to Isaiah 54. And uh, somebody actually brought it as like a prophetic word a, a few months ago, Johnny, where he uh, it talks, it's the language of stretching out and uh, enlarging your tents. And we're going to read it in just a moment. But it was all about believing God for things that had not yet happened. And it was a really significant word. And every conversation we were in, we just found this word kept coming back to us in different ways as elders and conversations with other people in kings, other leaders. And we're like, yeah, this is what we need to be digging into over this next season on this journey of faith that God has us on. And it's a season where we're to be prepared to be enlarged and stretched. So we're going to read from Isaiah 54 and verses 1 to 4. It says, sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy, you who are never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. The, the promise comes to a people who are far away from God, who are disobedient and are on a spiral of a downward trajectory in terms of their relationship with God. And that's the thing I love about the promises of God, that they don't come to people who have their lives together. They don't come to people who are simply up for it and people who are showing great promise. The promise comes to people like you and me, whose lives aren't always together, whose lives are far away from God at times, people who live sometimes with the consequences of disobedience in our lives, and yet God in his grace speaks to people like us, and he says there's a bigger plan. And today, you might feel your life is all over the place. I want to call you into the bigger plan and purpose of God. You might be struggling with any number of things, but here's the plan of God for your life, that he's going to bring you into a place of fruitfulness if you take his hand and you trust him. Israel was birthed out of a promise to Abraham and Sarah. They were childless and unable to conceive. They were very elderly. Yet this is the thing they did. They believed that God could do a miracle through them to birth a nation as he promised. 
And when Isaiah prophesied these words, people would have immediately thought how Abraham and Sarah, against all odds, produced a family called Israel that filled the earth. Now, these verses came to Israel at the lowest point in their history. If you read the rest of Isaiah, it's all very gloomy because they've gone so far away from God. But these verses point to a new covenant in the people of God. It's requoted in Galatians 4, if you're interested, to describe the fruitfulness that God has promised to his people, his family, based on believing him like Abraham did. So today, this is a message about faith and trusting God, despite what is all around us. In fact, as we look about being a family on a mission in the power of the Spirit, here's the context for it that we read in these verses. Barrenness. Barrenness. I'm very grateful for Kings that we're one of a growing number of churches that is bucking the trend in terms of growing and seeing people come to know Jesus and helping people discover faith and and to make a difference and plant churches, we're not doing it anywhere near as much as any of us would love to. It was wonderful to start a a spontaneous alpha course a couple of weeks ago and seven people joined. I I caught myself thinking, gosh, that's amazing. It's not exactly revival, is it? (laughs) I'd love that to be 700. So grateful for seven. I mean, Jesus loves the one, doesn't he? But wouldn't it be wonderful if 700, 7,000 became Christians? Wouldn't it be wonderful? But here's the truth. We live in a barren land. And actually, for every one church like King's or many of the other growing churches of many denominations across this land, there are so many that are saying, you know what, it's just diminishing. And we can't get people in. And we don't know what to do. There's buildings being sold all over the place. It's a barren land. It's a desert place. The, the tide is out in our nation, spiritually. But Isaiah, when he is bringing the promise of God to us, he doesn't say, the tide is out, let's get gloomy. He says, sing and rejoice. Burst into song, shout for joy. He talks about the promise of God as if it has already come to pass. And God wants us to be those kinds of people in our land, even though the tide is out, Even though church growth can feel small at times, even though the fruit can feel uh, fairly minimalist at times, God is saying there is more to come. And he has a promise that he will surely fulfill. Vision Sunday isn't about us, it's about God. It's about his promise. These are faith moments for us to embrace. Not looking at current reality, but the possibility and the promise in God. And I don't know about you, we, we live in, you know, there's a cost of living crisis going on at the moment, isn't there? And, and when all the energy prices went up, I don't know if anybody else found themselves kind of just spending a bit of time with their programmable thermostat and just kind of turning it down a couple of notches and maybe turning it off for a few more hours every day to try and get those prices down. There can be a sense when you live in a barren place, a fruitless place, that you just batten down the hatches and you become survivalists in your mentality. The prophet Isaiah 
brought this word to Israel. He says, well, actually, that's not how you're meant to be when you believe the promise of God. You're meant to be people who enlarge, who stretch out, who lengthen, strengthen, and spread out. That's how we respond in faith in a time of difficulty. We lengthen, strengthen, and spread out, believing God as we go. So at Kings, we feel like God hasn't called us to batten down the hatches, to just try and stop any more Christians from leaving churches. No, God has called us to reach the world with the gospel, and that's the plan that we're on. That's the purpose he's given us. And of course, we want to shepherd and pastor Christians and churches in that, but he's called us to reach out into the world. So as we think bigger and further, in 2023, God's not calling us to simply ride out a storm or to conserve energy. He's calling us to think bigger, to take this tent called Kings and to begin to stretch and enlarge. And as Isaiah promised, he says, we're to lengthen our ropes, to strengthen our stakes and to spread out. So we're going to look this morning at just some things that God is calling us to as elders as we've spent time praying and thinking uh, in the last, last half of last year. We were just really thinking, what does it look like for us to be people who extend into the promises of God that he has given us as a church? So first of all, um, uh, Luke is going to come and talk to us about lengthening our, our um, cords. Yeah, thanks, Luke. <laughs> So when we, um, <clears throat> when we shared about this um, at a leaders gathering a little while ago, uh, we spent quite a lot of time uh, joking about the fact that we were perhaps trying to make Isaiah's words mean uh, slightly more distinct things than necessarily they were meant to in order to fit everything we wanted to share with you um, into, uh, into the, 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 the passage. And what Chris and Dan will share about the other two Sections. I think you'd be like, oh, I really understand that. The lengthened one might, needs a little bit more work. Um, but we were, as we talked about this at the leaders' meeting, I was like, well, we talk, I, was, I was talking particularly about prayer, so I'm going to talk with you about um, just now. And, and, and prayer and lengthening, they must relate in some way. So there we go, that'll do. Um, and someone actually messaged me afterwards, and they, they said, well, perhaps what lengthening means is a sense of actually stretching out into new areas and going further. And I just thought that's really right because that's one of the things that prayer does. Prayer takes us forwards. And it takes us forwards before we have um, physically, in the natural, got to that place. So it's like, it goes ahead of us, but it's, it's us going ahead in faith. We, we speak with God about things that haven't yet happened, but we believe are going to, or that we're longing to see happen. We kind of take these steps into the future. We're lengthening our perspective. We're going further than where we currently are. Prayer does that, and then we are kind of brought through by God into that. And then we're like, wow, we're going to this place that we weren't before. So Dan's already talked about the sense that um, how, do, how do we respond when things are difficult, when things are in trouble, um, when everything around us seems contrary to what God wants? Well, Acts 4 is another example of this. The early church have come under huge pressure from all the powerful people around them and have said, basically, you need to shut up. And we wonder at that moment, are, are they going to retreat? Are they going to scale things down because of this pressure put on them? No, they don't do that. They advance. They continue to do what God has called them to do and they start this by praying. So they 
they, they see the situation it is, but they don't then say, so God, this is awful. We just need to keep doing, we just need to stay as we were. They say, God, will you continue to move us on, to move us out, to take us beyond where we currently are into new regions, into new effectiveness, into new outbreaks of your power. God, don't just let her, don't just hold on to us where we currently are. Take us out. Take us further on. And so they ask God to do more. He empowers them by his spirit to do that. And then they go and do it. And so prayer is like the first stage in this lengthening out of our perspective, even in terms of just, I think, a spiritual reality. We go to places that we haven't yet been to in the natural and then God takes us there. So we want to pray. We want to be a people who pray as individuals, about the things that God's called us to do. We want to be praying in our small groups, in our running partners groups, if you're in one of those as well. We want to be praying more often on Sunday mornings. Uh, you may have noticed in the last few weeks, we've done that occasion. We've just said, hey, look, why don't you just turn to the person next to you and pray for them? And, and we do know that when we say that, you might not have any idea of who the person next to you is. And we do know that for some of you, you're like, I've never prayed before, what's going on? And so I know there's an awkwardness in that and appreciate that, but it's a good chance to at least be like, well, this is awkward, isn't it? Um, but also to, to say, if, if the person's willing to pray, to actually pray and see what God might do in and of that moment. We're just believing that God wants to do that amongst us more and more. So be a people where God could just suddenly come in. I don't want you to be able to think, even when you come on Sunday, well, I know what's going to happen and I know what I can kind of uh, keep away from me and what I, what I can't. Oh, we want you to be able to encounter God, meet with him in these moments so we want to be praying as individuals the things we're sharing about today we want to encourage you to go to God with in prayer by yourself write them down wherever you uh, remind yourself of things to pray about and really go with, to God about them praying in small groups praying on Sunday mornings but one of the things we really want to focus on this term again is our Sunday night prayer meetings which as Chris already said they restart this evening um, 6.30 to 7.30 um, Dave if you want to put the slide oh you have brilliant um, see it's gone ahead um, so we started these last term. Obviously, we've done prayer meetings different ways over the many years that Kings existed. But we started these last term and we were really struck, um, really from the first meeting, that although there wasn't a big band, and actually there wasn't, to be honest, a big number of people there, yet the presence of God was really noticeable and there was a sense of passionate faith in the room. People were really coming to God full of joy, worshipping him, praising him, and then praying in faith. And we thought, wow, these are such key things for us as kings. This is really what we're about. This is why we were birthed, really, to be a people who meet with God and call on him and then go out and do exploits for him. We're like, this is wonderful. And so we cherish them, particularly when we see them kind of just appear in a new setting. So we're like, well, let's, let's do a prayer meeting. We, you know, you Christians, you should do that. It's only like, wow, no, this is it's more than just a thing that we're supposed to be doing. It's God's really with us. So we had no doubt when we were thinking about this year that these meetings should continue um, and that we wanted more and more people to come to them. Now, you might think, if you really want more and more people to come to them, don't do them at 6.30 on a Sunday evening. And... Yeah, we understand that, but let's be honest, there isn't a time that's going to suit everyone, is there? There isn't a time that you're like, I'm just doing nothing. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole day over there, I'm doing nothing, there's a big slot there. I think most people here are very busy, and most people here don't have a lot of time slots, and so what we're going to have to do, rather than find that one that works, is make it work. God loves us actually making sacrifices. We don't do that to kind of win him, because Jesus has done that for us. 
But there's something about doing something that's costly for him that changes us and that actually is even more pleasurable to him and it changes us as well because it makes us realise how we value him above some other things. And so I just want to encourage you to make a sacrifice and come along. I know that for some of you, like, there are sacrifices I can make. That one isn't. I know that's true for some of you, but I know for many others of us, it's just, it just needs some pushing through and some trying to make it work. And so I'd love to encourage you uh, to do that, maybe even tonight. Because there are lots of different ways in which we can pray, and lots of different things in which, that prayer does. But I find often that in my experience, coming to prayer meetings is where I really learn to pray about the kind of big asking God kind of praying. So not, not the listening so much, not necessarily the surrounding kind of prayers, but the kind of, uh, the Bible talks about it as being intercessions, being it knocking on the door, calling out to God again and again. I've learned so much about that by coming into big prayer meetings. Now, it's not because we're inviting you to a, a prayer meeting of experts tonight. That's, that's not what's going on. But we're a family learning together. And we're a family who, who speak with God together and, and hear him and respond to that. And so that's what we want to do. Um, we always let these meetings, by the way, if you haven't been to them, they're always led by the Spirit. So as elders, we never bring a long list of things to pray about. We're not like, guys, we've got 60 minutes and 59 points, so let's go. That, that's not what we do. We want to be led by the Spirit. We want to hear what he's saying to us and respond uh, to that. And so it's a really exciting place to be as well, because you just don't know what God might do. And as we get used to doing that in one place, that might happen in other places too. Just also to say that if you're from a church culture, you're like an hour. They think an hour is, you know, I mean, we haven't got started after an hour. And, and you're just like, man, these amateurs. Well, come and join us and help us learn how to do this better. <laughs> We're still going to finish at half seven. But... What we believe in these meetings is that we're, just, we're straight off. Let's go, let's worship, let's pray. We're filling that time. And I'd love for you to come and be part of us uh, with that. So that is one of the ways in which we can just about lengthen the cords that God's given us, taking us into new places in prayer before we get there ourselves. Just one other thing um, that I want to share is about our next preaching series. Uh, so we've got two more weeks, I think, of our Psalm 23 preaching series. That'll be the next two Sundays. Uh, and then after that, we'll be starting a series looking at the goodness of the gospel. Um, in Paul's letter to the Romans, uh, there's all sorts of things Paul says about what Jesus has done for us and what this tells us about Jesus and what it tells us about ourselves. And we just thought, hey, let's look at that because we want to be a people who tell other people about Jesus. We want to be amazed by what he's done. The more you know about what he's done for you, I think generally the more willing you are to tell other people, certainly the more able you are to explain it to other people. So when someone says, well, why would I even be bothered about this if you're like oh there's definitely something I remember it that's a harder witness than yeah actually there are like 25,000 different amazing things about being a follower of Jesus but we've recently been looking at like six or seven let me tell you about them so we just want to help you in that way we want to inspire you uh, but also equip you so that you can see how actually the good news of Jesus can apply to your own life but also to the lives of the people you know you're working with you're living with that kind of thing and that will help us uh, to do more of the spreading out that we're called to do, which Dan will share about a little later. So uh, that's all for me. Uh, but Chris is now going to get on and he's going to speak about strengthening, which shouldn't need as much of an explanation uh, to get started. So over to Chris, who obviously got the share memo. 
<laughs> Cheers, Luke. Um, yeah, we feel so encouraged at what God has done in this church over the past year. And uh, we're asking that he would strengthen us further in the coming year, reinforcing the things that he's already started to build and plugging some gaps too. The first, the most important thing that I want to say is that to be strengthened as a church, we must be, what, what have we got to be filled with? What have we got to be, we've got to be, we've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is so important, and you've, you, you'll hear us bang on about this week after week, but this is so important that we must go on seeking to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit in order to be the strong church that we feel God is, is wanting to make us. The Holy Spirit is often called the comforter in the New Testament. It comes from a Latin word, come with fortis strength. The Holy Spirit is literally the one who adds strength, who brings strength. And this isn't a new desire that we would experience more of the Holy Spirit's power in this church. We spent the whole first half of last year preaching about this. We uh, created loads of time in small groups to uh, learn about and experience the Holy Spirit more and more. It's not a novel idea, but it is a really important thing that we must keep pressing into. We feel we've only scratched the surface of this at King's. And today, it might have already kind of dawned on you that we are not unveiling a whole bunch of new, shiny strategies and initiatives. There are a few things that we'll, we'll mention a little bit later on, so listen out for those. But this isn't about what we can come up with as, as human beings to, to take us forward. This is about being desperate for what God wants to do among us. We believe God wants to do lots of new things among us as a church, things that we haven't yet seen in 21 years of being here. And as we dig in in faith and prayer, we're going to see more and more of that. We're going to receive more power than ever before to be his witnesses in Edinburgh and the Lothians. We're going to have power to be radical disciples of Jesus. We're going to see more and more salvations, more and more healings, more and more freedom and more gifts of the Holy Spirit in our meetings here, in our small group meetings during the week and in our everyday lives. So to be strengthened as a church, we've got to keep seeking the source of that strength, the Holy Spirit, collectively and individually. And I want to encourage you to take that really seriously. I want to encourage you to uh, keep pressing into the Holy Spirit, to keep asking him to fill you with more of his power and to keep believing for that. So let me just touch on a few specific areas of church life that, that we want God to strengthen this year. Firstly, we're asking him to strengthen our church family. Jen mentioned at the start that we are a family here at King's. And uh, one of the ways that we believe God's going to strengthen that, that part of us, that aspect of us, is through our church weekend away. Uh, who was at the church weekend away last year? Yeah, tons of people. Wasn't it amazing? Yes. Uh, it was our first weekend away in a really long time uh, last year, and it was it was uh, fantastic. And the effect it had on bringing us together as a church family more and more was remarkable. There's a few highlights there. So this year, it's going to be from the 19th to the 21st of May. 
And we're going to be returning to Witoff Park in the beautiful borders, uh, an amazing place. And judging by last year, a place where the sun always shines, because it actually did in March. Uh, and we've, we've kind of uh, increased the chances of that slightly like by putting this back to May. But it's going to be a great time. We've actually just recently confirmed some guest speakers for the weekend away, uh, Phil and Sarah Varley. They're currently planting a new grand church in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. And they're an amazing couple. Phil spent years, uh, decades on uh, in senior leadership, at a big uh, multi-site church in London called King's Church. And they're a couple who've staked everything to live out the Great Commission. They've literally sort of left their lives behind in London and moved to a different country and to start this, this new little church. And they're also a couple so eager to be led by the Holy Spirit and everything they do. So they're going to have some really brilliant things to share with us. And aside from that, obviously it's going to be a, a wonderful time of eating together, hanging out, getting to know people you don't know yet. There's just something about a weekend away that can be so powerful in just speeding up the formation of those family relationships in church life. So I want to encourage you to be there. Maybe you're really new to Kings. Maybe uh, you, you haven't been around for a while. This is a great opportunity to, to step in and to, to speed up that process of finding out what we are all about. Maybe you've been around for a while, but you still just feel, just you don't know many people. Maybe you just feel sort of on the fringes a little bit. I want to invite you to step in to this weekend away. Uh, maybe you've Maybe you've been a part of this church for 21 years. And uh, I just want to say this is a great, uh, a great way of inviting God to refresh your excitement for what he's doing uh, through this family here at King's. And maybe your circumstances mean this is going to be a big sacrifice for you. Maybe you've got you know, young kids and you think this sounds like a lot of hard work. Well, it will be. But it will be so, so worth it. And we believe God's going to be worth uh, at work through it all. So please do book in early. It will sell out. And we're going to open up uh, bookings on Sunday the 19th of February. So that's the weekend away, strengthening our church family. Secondly, we're asking God to strengthen leadership across kings. So Luke's already uh, talked about the importance of united church prayer, and we're going to be pressing into that, as he's already said. Alongside that, we're going to also be gathering leaders every couple of months to pray uh, together and to really seek God together as a, a wider group of leaders in kings. And we all also want to make sure that we are continuing to invest in current and future leaders. So we're going to be continuing our GROW course. GROW uh, is a leadership training program that we started in September for current and aspiring leaders, helping all of us to grow in godly character and to grow in the knowledge of God and to grow in skills, what it, what it takes to actually lead other people. We just had a brilliant day on uh, last Saturday in our second Grow Together session. We were gathering together with others from uh, West Lothian and the Borders and Glasgow. And Andrew Bunt was with us. He was preaching here on Sunday. He did a whole day on Saturday uh, on sexuality and gender from a biblical perspective. It was absolutely brilliant. This is a, a year-long kind of rolling program. So we're going to be opening up sign-ups again quite soon for starting in September. So look out for that. And if you aren't yet uh, on the GROW course, uh, but you're a leader or an aspiring leader, or you just want to grow in God and you're just hungry for more of Him, I want to encourage you to make space in your busy life and to get signed up for this.
And finally, we're asking God to strengthen areas of need, I guess, in kings. I talked earlier on about just plugging some of the gaps. There's always gaps in church life, isn't there? And uh, there's, I guess, occasionally areas that we're just aware need particular focus. And one example right now would be King's Kids, our amazing kids' work. This is such an important area of church life. And uh, in the next few months, we're going to be looking to employ a part-time kids worker, a kids ministry leader, to make sure that this crucial area of church life is really strong. And it's a big investment. I know um, staffing always is a really big investment, but it's going to be so worth it to make sure that we are investing and looking to, to feed into the next generation in the way that we ought So those are some of the ways that we're asking God to strengthen us this year through filling us more and more with the power of the Holy Spirit, through strengthening us as a church family, through strengthening leadership right across Kings and through enabling us to strengthen just particular areas of need like our kids' work. I'm going to hand over to Dan now again and uh, he's going to share with you some of the really exciting ways that we're going to be spreading out in this year ahead. Thanks, Chris. Are you feeling strengthened? Are you feeling lengthened? Yeah, makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, good. Um, well, hey, let me just take a, a few moments to talk about this sense of spreading out, God, how God is calling us to, to spread out as a church family, as a church community over these coming times. So, uh, if you, I mean, I'll, I'll just chat through some of these things, really. Um, but here, here's the first thing, right? So, Churches grow when Christians are happy in God and they share their faith with people. And so, we're, as Luke's described, we're spending a lot of time really just making sure that, that everyone's a witness and that we feel very comfortable and happy to share our faith with others. And we're going to use a tool called uh, Try Praying, which is a booklet. We're going to put them on every chair in a couple of weeks' time. It's a tool that you could just basically read it and then you can give it away to somebody who doesn't know Jesus. It's a really good evangelistic thing that many, many people have actually come to know Jesus through. And we want to just use an opportunity like that to just keep that high on the agenda for us in terms of sharing our faith with others. It's been wonderful to have the street cafe going last year, uh, which it's just been great to show hospitality on the streets, but also to invite people to church and to, to chat to them about Jesus. So we're going to keep doing those things. Um, and uh, here's the second thing we feel God's uh, sort of leading us into. Uh, we're in a cost of living crisis. When we've chatted to the guys at Jubilee Plus, they said, as a church, you ought to be thinking at least five years in terms of you know, the pressures that people in our society are going to be feeling in terms of the long-term effects of this. Um, we want to be a, a spreading out people in terms of the care we offer to our uh, community and, and our city. And we have great things like toddler groups that go on. We have a great ever, evergreen elderly community uh, thing that goes on with we we serve the bethany care shelter and um we we have many volunteers with safe families for, for children here's an area we'd love to just stretch out into and it's uh debt advice and um we're going to start very small with a small team of people if you'd like to be involved with that uh you can do that we're doing it in partnership with an organization called cma community money advice which is a little bit like cap and they do all the technical work of offering the 
the brilliant um, professional debt advice. We do the front end of being the sort of portal, the gateway for people to come and talk to somebody and give their details and ask for help. And if you'd like to be part of that, that's going to be a really significant thing. Debt's a huge theme in the Bible, one that God cares about very much. Um, here's the third thing that we feel God's calling us to spread out in. But pretty much all of our Alpha courses down the years have been centralised in this building. And we feel increasingly that God wants us to do more. As our church spreads and grows, and, and many of you live in places like Granton or uh, Pennycook and to the east and the west and the south and the north of Edinburgh, and that's brilliant because God's spreading us out geographically. I think what that looks like in terms of our witness and our kingdom expression is that we should be looking to God for opportunities to run things like Alpha in our local communities. So uh, one example of this um, is that Rosalie, who lives in Granton, came to us and she said, I'd love to have an Alpha course in, uh, in Granton, in the community centre. And we had a discussion and we thought, well, wouldn't this be exciting? So she's going to chat to some of the small groups who are in that part of the city and say, how, how can we do this together? I think that's going to be launching in a few weeks' time. We'll talk more about that next week. Because we, we'd love to see people in Granton come to know Jesus. And it could be that you're living in another part of Edinburgh. You think, I wonder if we could do something like that where we are. Please come and have a chat with us. We'd love to, to think how that could work and see how we could spread out in terms of local expressions of sharing Jesus where we are. Um, here's the fourth area. Um, we're spreading out in terms of this developing partnership that we've got going on with these three churches in Scotland. It's just taking a bit more of our time and effort and energy as a church and uh, us as elders and probably me in particular, just because we really feel God's calling us to invest in those churches to strengthen something that's going to be very, very significant in terms of church planting in the future. So uh, I think I've been out for a couple of Sundays in January at other churches. I'm going to be at the West Lothian weekend away in May. And that, some of that has an impact on us as a church because it means I'm giving some of my time to those things and less time to other things in Kings. But we just feel that's the direction God has us on and would love you to be uh, on board with that. Um, and then the final area is that we're moving towards church planting. We did this with West Lothian a few years ago. We just feel like we don't want to be a one-child family. We feel God wants us to reproduce again and again and again. And we're going to do that in conjunction with other churches. But we feel like we want God, to put a, God wants us to put a stake in the ground in terms of our commitment to it, even at this point. So as we pray about it, and as we plan and ask God where and when and who... Uh, we're also, this year, just financially, we're going to put £10,000 of the income that comes into Kings. We're going to set that aside as a church planting fund. So when that God makes those things clearer for us, we are ready to go much more quickly. So um, if you give to Kings, I'd encourage you to give to Kings. We'll talk more about finance in a few weeks' time. But that's partly where some of our giving will be going over this next season. So... God's calling us to spread out. Um, all of this means that there's a word, there's a word I don't like in the middle of that verse there. It's stretch. I just don't like that word. It sounds uncomfortable, doesn't it? You know, the, the stre things that stretch are usually, I, I, I kind of, you know, I, I, you know, none of us like to be stretched beyond what we can because it's uncomfortable. 
You know, tent fabric that isn't stretched just remains a pile of canvas on the floor. Do you know guitar strings that aren't tensioned appropriately make no noise? Now, it's true that if you overstretch a guitar string, it will break. If you overstretch a tent fabric, it will tear. God is calling us to be a people of faith who stretch out beyond self-preservation and to be those who stretch out in faith to see what he has promised to come to pass. And sometimes that will feel uncomfortable. The stretch that we feel God is giving us, we feel it's characterized by three words. When we went away as elders and we spent a couple of days praying, there was these three words that came to us, just the sense of what does it look like for us to be stretching people? And it's these three words that came to us. It was obedience, courage, and faithfulness. These are three things that we must be appropriately tensioned and stretched out in if we're to be people who pursue the promise of God. To be people of obedience, people who say yes to Jesus in our day-to-day lives, ready for God to speak and quick to respond. Do you know, in the Bible, you'll find this story again and again that obedience matters way more than gifting. It matters way more than competence. We live in a world where everybody's looking for the expert or somebody else to do it. Jesus is looking for the person who says yes, even if you're not an expert. Obedience matters. Obedience requires us to make ourselves available. Here's the second stretching that happens for us. It's the stretching of courage. To to do it even when we don't feel courageous. To do it afraid. Godly confidence matters more than the self-disqualification that comes from false humility. And here's the third area. It's faithfulness. It's do it again and again and again. Perseverance and repetition are key themes in the Bible for the people who inherit the promises of God. To ask and keep on asking, to seek and keep on seeking, to knock and keep on knocking. As uh, Chris and Luke have just so brilliantly articulated, in prayer we want to be people who keep doing that again and again and again. Some of us, we just need to get one of these themes going again in our life, or perhaps all three, obedience, courage, and faithfulness. I wonder if God's speaking to you about one of those things today more than another. Finally, let's go back to the beginning of the verse. It says this, sing. Sing, barren woman, burst into song, shout for joy, More are the children of the desolate woman than her who has a husband. I think all of us, every one of us in this room, needs to learn joy afresh. We need to learn to sing and rejoice in the promise of God again and again and again. We rejoice in the promise now as if it has already come to pass, because it surely will if we trust God. And let me speak to you today. If you feel barren, if you feel fruitless, the command to you is not to despair. It's not to get in on yourself. It's to look upwards and out. And it's to begin to sing. 
And there's this thing that happens in our generation that says, well, it, it doesn't feel very authentic to sing when I'm not feeling it. Well, there's a command from the God that says that's exactly the time you should sing. <laughs> So let's stand together. We're going to sing to him. We're going to ask him to stir our passions afresh. Just ask him right now to fill you with the Holy Spirit. We need him so much. All of this is just empty words unless he fills us again and again. We welcome you, Lord. Lord Jesus, we want to be people who believe you, who trust your promise. You will surely bring it to pass. The lengthening and strengthening and spreading out of your people all around the globe. Promised by you. Thank you, you've never broken your word. And thank you that you come to those who are fruitless, who feel barren, who feel tired, who feel empty who at times are disobedient and sinful, and you speak to us. So wherever you are today, just reach out and put your trust in him as we sing to him. Amen.